I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about what fighting really means. You know, Margaret, when you get into a relationship with somebody, you're always going to have some kind of arguments and some kind of fighting. Right. And it's really confusing as to why something so small can blow up and just spiral out of control. Right. But the reality is that there's hidden meaning behind the reasons we fight. Yes. Okay? It's not just we're fighting over the toaster. There's something that really is bothering us, and today we're going to look at that. As only our friend Susan Johnson can put it. Uh, now, you will recall Susan Johnson. She's the Canadian professor who's doing enormous amounts of work on attachment mm -hmm. and attachment theory. Mm -hmm. And this is from her first book that was on the New York bestseller list for a very long time. And the book is called Hold Me Tight. Mm -hmm. I have not personally read it yet, I plan to. But here are some excerpts that she has shared on the computer um, about what she has to say. And she starts out by saying, you know, in the beginning we're intensely connected and responsive to our partner, but over time some of that can kind of break down. Yeah. Um, and she sees life and relationships as a dance and she said these moments when we fight are actually <clears throat> excuse me inex inescapable in a relationship because if you're going to dance with someone long enough you're going to step on each other's toes mm -hmm. it happens especially when you're tired right if especially you think about when it. you're tired sure you're going to say the wrong thing or the wrong thing's going to annoy mm -hmm. you and um, and she talks, Both with dancing and with fighting. And with fighting, yeah, right. it really works. <laughs> yes, it really works. But she talks about how losing connection with our loved one <clears throat> is a very anxiety or even panic situation. Yes. We're not consciously aware of that at the time, but I might say, oh my, Craig is angry at me. I don't even quite know why, so I think I'll hit him back, mm -hmm. you know? Anyway, it sets off a primitive alarm inside of us. Primal panic? Primal panic. Um, and it can be over a very little thing. Now, does she mention primal panic? She doesn't, oh, but okay. pretty close. Yeah. Um, and she said once our amygdala, and that's the part of our brain that checks out threats, that once our amygdala gets activated, we're ready to fight with just about anybody. Okay, and that can be triggered by a momentary losing of connection over the toaster or mm. whatever else comes mm. along. Um, and it's what we do next after those moments of disconnection that has a huge impact on our relationship. Can you get into something like that and then turn around and try to reconnect? And she calls it to make a bid to reconnect. That's right. If you and I can, think we've talked about this Yes, before. we have. If you can, great. And if you can't, then you're probably going to say the wrong thing, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, 
If these things get gain momentum, and I'm complaining about the toaster, and you were no more sensitive to me around my toaster needs than you were about the six things that I yelled at you for yesterday, mm -hmm. she calls these demon dialogues. I love it. Mm -hmm. These are demon dialogues, mm. um, she says. If they gain momentum, they start to take over and induce a terrible sense of emotional aloneness. Your relationship feels less and less like a safe place. Yes. And it starts to unravel. You start to doubt that your partner is there for you, that he values you, or that she will put you first. Think of a man... And that's a, that's a big key right there to the arguments. Is. Yes, it is. Say it again, because right. that's so critical. Um, that when, when it gets to a certain point, you begin to doubt that your partner is there for you, mm -hmm. okay? If he's yelling at me this much about the toaster, is he really a secure base for me? Is mm -hmm. he going to be there for me? Mm -hmm. And he's saying, you've been working a lot lately. How do I know you're going to put me first? Yes. Okay? So all of our fears come out around a demon dialogue that may be about something as small as the toaster. Yeah. Okay. It's the, the hidden meaning behind it is right. they don't care about me. They don't care about me, exactly. Or I don't think they care about me, or right. I'm scared that they don't care I'm about scared me. scared that they don't care about mm -hmm. me. And that leads to a lot of arguments. Oh, sure it does. Mm -hmm. And then it gets worse and worse. Yeah, it's something simple as, well, I asked you to do this for me, mm -hmm. and you didn't even do it. And so the interpretation is, you don't care about me because you didn't do it. If, right. if, you, if I was important to you, you, you would have done, done that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people have seen the Geico ad. You probably have because it's on every two minutes. The Geico ad is on TV and there are people out in their boat and they look like they're having a lovely afternoon. Um, and then a little fleet of tiny boats comes bringing food. And the guy says, oh, I forgot to pack lunch. And the wife says to him, you had one job. <laughs> so you know that's not going to go anywhere good. Mm -hmm. You had one job. And of course, the implication is, and you couldn't even do that yeah. one. So that that looked to me like it could work up to a demon dialogue. <laughs> exactly. Think of a man who's doing just fine in his job, while his wife flies high in a new career. She's spending long hours on exciting projects, while he is deprived of affection, attention, and sex. Lying in the bed alone each night, waiting for her, he feels like a fool for needing her so much mm -hmm. and also angry that she can't see how deeply her absence affects him. And what you want to say to him is you need to tell her that. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't tell her, tell her not to enjoy her job and so forth and so on, mm -hmm. but you just tell her that it's making you feel lonely, mm -hmm. okay? And that gives her at least a chance um, to do something. But we don't talk about these conflicts in terms of deeply rooted attachment needs. We tend to leave it at the toaster. We talk about the surface emotions, the ire or the indifference, and blame the other. He's so angry, I feel so attacked. Or she's so cold, I don't think she cares for me at all. Mm -hmm. The underlying meaning that yep. we interpret. Yep. Each person retreats into a corner, making it harder and harder for the two to express their fundamental attachment needs, mm -hmm. for closing the ability to gain reassurance from each other, and that's what they want. Yep. Women are more sensitive <clears throat> to the first signs of connection breakdown than men. I hate to make these blanket statements, but I guess we'll go with it. 
And their response is often to begin what I call the dance of disconnection. I mm. like that too. I would say maybe she has a point there yeah. because here's my thoughts. It's just mm -hmm. my opinion. Probably more women are anxious than avoidant. Right. So that's why I think she would say that. So the anxious person is more hyper aware right. of any kind of disconnection. Right. But we don't have any statistics. That's just no, my opinion I on that. And like I, said, I don't I think hate, there are any statistics. I hate right? to make blanket statements, yeah. but and I think women tend to focus on emotions more. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the, how we're raised. Almost ritualistically, they will pursue their partners in a futile attempt to get comforting response. Reconnect. Yeah. But they do it in a way that almost guarantees their basic need push will not right. be met. Yeah. They blame their partner for failing in some essential way. This is why communication skills are oh, so critical. God, yes. If you don't improve those skills, I'm telling you, many of you guys will go right back to your old habits yep. after you are with your ex again. It happens a lot. Sure it does. Men, on the other hand, have been taught to suppress emotional responses and needs which inclines them to withdraw from the conflict. So she's chasing him for reassurance and he's withdrawing. But her rage and his withdrawal both mask what lies beneath the surface, an underlying vulnerability and need for connection, yep. now compounded by sadness, shame, and most of all, fear. And she gives an example. <clears throat> the guy says to her in the therapy session, I mow the lawn, I don't cheat, I make a good salary, and all that counts for her is that we talk about emotional stuff and cuddle, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that gets into the five love languages, sure. which we can review someday. Yeah. Um, but she's not seeing all that as love. Yeah. And it is. She'll probably be angry. Yeah. What do you mean you don't cheat? You're giving me that as a reason to show me you love well, me because yeah. you don't you're cheat. Not gonna get, you're not going to get extra <laughs> points for not cheating. Okay. That doesn't count as showing me you love That's me. That's right. <laughs> I can see it now. Can't you see yeah, it? Yeah, just escalating quick. Her rage and his withdrawal and you lead to fear. Yeah. So often what couples do not see is that most fights are really protests over emotional disconnection. That's big. Okay, I'll read it again. Mm -hmm. Too often what couples do not see is that most fights are really protests over emotional disconnection. That's right. Yeah. Underneath all the distress, partners are desperate to know, are you there for me? Do you need me? Can I count on you? That's right. And do you rely on me? So, um, she talks about bids for connection again. That. We, we give each other bids for connection, like we might restart the conversation over something else, kind of hoping that in the course of that, we might dispose of the toaster issue and kind of reassure each other. So that in the midst of a fight, the other thing she says is that touch is the quickest way to recover from demon dialogues. If you put your hand on somebody's shoulder, take their hand, it's real hard to be mad at you. That's interesting. Yeah. I know she's talked about in yeah. maybe her book or yeah. I can't remember what I saw it on where um, if somebody was in a 
machine and they were they were getting an experiment experimented yep. on you know what i'm yep. talking about yep. they didn't know if they were going to get zapped or not and if they're holding their partner's hand it showed that they felt the, much better that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, if they were holding hands with their partner they felt much safer so she's saying that even if you're fighting um, the quickest way back to a sense of connection is touch mm -hmm. okay and it's always just a pleasure to read susan johnson's stuff but i'm struck by um her saying it's not a power struggle because I have read numerous articles that say once couples start to get serious <clears throat> that they have to negotiate you know how they're going to maintain their individuality yeah. and still be part of the couple and so forth and so on and so I've seen some therapists sort of um, say that power struggles can can ruin your whole life and she has given us a totally different interpretation, which is much more helpful. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, by explaining the underlying, yeah. the underlying meaning. Yeah. But exactly. in a sense, it still seems like a power struggle. Mm -hmm. It's what it feels like. But with, if you understand it better, it can at least help. Yeah, That exactly. we're fighting because um, somebody doesn't feel cared about, somebody's feelings are hurt. Yeah. And somewhere in this article, Susan herself shares a story. She was, went out to a, a coffee place with her adolescent son. And um, the next thing you know, the two of them are fighting. She disapproved of something he did, and he's tired of being yelled at. And he says to her, um, we're doing that thing again, where we start to have a conversation, and then we get into this fight thing. He said, I don't want to do this again. So he was ahead of her. <laughs> and good for her for giving him the credit. Right? Yep. That sounds just like an adolescent yep. boy. We're doing that thing again, you know? I don't want to do that thing. Yeah. So. But I think it's great for you guys to think about the underlying meaning behind arguments and fighting. Absolutely. And yeah. if you think about that and think about your breakup and your problems in your relationship, it can kind of give you a better idea. Yeah. Yeah. That there's more to it than meets the eye. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, great information. Um, make sure you give Margaret a thumbs up for that video and be sure to subscribe to the channel um, and click the icon button. That way you know when the newest videos come out. Of course, when you want to get our help personally, just go to my website, askcraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do emails and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. Feel free to sign up with me if you think I can be helpful. And Craig, I guess I do still like you. All right, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.